0: Sixty degrees, ha ha, three hundred and sixty degrees, ha ha, three hundred and six, three hundred and six,
1: three hundred and sixty degrees, ha ha.
2: Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice apprenticeship program. We are broadcasting live from Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, and we are your hosts tonight, Kenny C and Hannah Wilson. Tonight, we bring you some great music to get you excited about the Berkeley World Music Festival, which is taking place tomorrow and Sunday, June 1st and 2nd at People's Park and on Telegraph Avenue. Tonight, we'll learn a bit about the history of the
3: World Music Festival from lead organizer Gianna Ranuzzi. We'll speak with KPFA DJ Stephen Kent and also Cornelius Boots, two world-class musicians who will be performing this weekend, and as a special treat, they will play live in our studio. And we'll also preview some of the amazing and diverse music you can hear at the festival beginning tomorrow and
2: through Sunday. All that tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned.
3: Good evening again, folks, and welcome to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 in Ber- FM in Berkeley. You just heard Mamadou Sidibe with the song Ayang Tolo. His band, the Fulo Brothers, will be playing this Saturday from 1 to 3 at People's Park as part of the Berkeley World Music Festival. If West African rhythms get you moving, be sure to check them out. This is one not to be missed.
2: And we are your hosts tonight, I'm Kenny C, and right here with me I have... Hannah Wilson. And tonight we are excited, so excited, to be able to welcome in the director of the Berkeley World Music Festival, along with some of the artists that will be performing there. To get us pumped up for the festivities which begin tomorrow and last through the weekend. So without further ado, Jana, welcome. Hi,
4: thank you. Pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. It's great
2: to have you. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us tonight. So this year marks the 16th annual installation of the World Music Festival. That's a good chunk of time. Right, right. So what can you tell us about how this festival started?
4: Well, that's a good story. But in thinking about it, I got the perfect word for it. Because of you, it's almost come full circle. Mm. Ah. And the one thing about the Berkeley World Music Fest, you all have to remember that it's always been community from the start, and it's all and it's it was in the Telegraph area, and so it's a child of the Telegraph area. And that's the constant that I've always seen. Now, I didn't create it, but I was there like a little bird or a narrator watching it. And then it it became my turn to be the torchbearer. So that's what I am now. And so uh, telegraph goes through different cycles. So being a street artist, I got to see how it looked at its very worst. Uh, After the Rodney King riots, businesses were boarded up, trees had died, and... um, I asked some vendors, I said, well, you know, what's happening? And they said, it goes up and down, you know, just like the full circle. And so it got the attention of everyone, I believe, that's part of the Berkeley community. And so the Chamber of Commerce said, oh, we'll do a task force. And then they started a um, community development agency, but the right person stepped in. Her name was Kathy Berger, and she was not political, but she was focused on focusing on the common good for all of it. So that's what the Berkeley World Music Festival does. It focuses on the musicians, the um, visitors, the businesses, and that's what makes it great because of all that goodness, like the Cheyenne Medicine Wheel, just just the circle yeah. and having different perspectives. So I... Um was a street artist, and I didn't know what this agency was doing. And being a curious cat, I knocked on the door, and I was fascinated. I actually went to every single meeting, and I got on the board—probably the only one that street artist. And then at one point, I was hired by them to work with Kathy Berger, which is a great pleasure and honor. And so we're—this is part of the fairy tale that's real. So we're wa- sitting around the table, and they're saying, "Oh, well, let's have a party," <laughs> and let let's celebrate us and let's open it up to people and let's have music. And so after some discussion, they thought, hey, there's more than 200 uh, merchants of different ethnicities. So, and Berkeley and this telegraph area is such crossroads, you know, students and visitors and all that, that, let's make it the Berkeley World Music Festival. Yes. So it was, it was just people focusing on the common good. And you wouldn't think it's just a name, you know, and they didn't think of what it could be. So because it was funded uh, through the commerce with the university and the city was funding the entire agency, it was a huge block party. Mm-hmm. And it was up on Durant. There was three of them, 99 to 2001, and anybody who was there will remember it. And so I was part of staff, a liaison with the event planner, and then after the grant ended that I was there, um, they called me back, and they and Kathy Berger's walking out the door, you know, her full circle, and the and the event planner and the um, executive director says, well, let's start this Berkeley World Music Festival thing up. Who should we hire? And they said, Jonna, she can do the job. Not because... I know anything about music, nothing, just because I'm a hard worker. So being an artist, when they told me what it was, or a fool, I don't know, both, (laughs) I said, okay, I'll do it. So I ran over to Stephen. K- I ran over to uh, Mark Weinstein's place, and he said, "I have this friend, Stephen Kent. You know, he's a pretty good musician. I think he'd play." So he was the headliner for the very first wow, Berkeley wow. World Music Festival. And he's
3: going to be on in a little bit as a live performer right here. But I'm really curious about, you know, how Berkeley has become such a hub of world music. And I'm really wondering, for now, 16 years later, what are you excited about for this
4: weekend coming up? Well, I'm excited that this is a really a world center of world music because it's like a great archipelago or a peninsula that all these artists come here and they're playing their roots, they're being creative, there's cross-culturation. So I'm of course excited by the People's Park concert. You just heard Mamadou. And then Song Matisse. We always like to have a band that people have not heard of but they're playing with some of the best in the business like Samba Da Brazilian. And their focus is Brazilian, Colombian, Peruvian and they're going to be rocking. So I'm very pleased about them.
2: Fantastic! Shana. Yes, and more. So, if folks want to learn a little bit more about when and where these set times are um, happening, where can they go?
4: Well, it's in the East Bay Express, so they can see the schedule there. We have the schedule online, and basically, you just go to Telegraph Avenue at Hay Street, and that's the information booth, right next to Amoeba Music, and we'll, we'll hand out the flyers, and it's pretty easy to just look at the map. Everything radiates from that hub, so it's all accessible.
3: Yeah, and it's all day Saturday and all day mm-hmm. Sunday from, is it it's, noo- it's noon to eight?
4: Noon to eight, yeah. and on yeah. Sunday, we even have a party at Kips that's going to last till 10. That's wonderful. And um, it's free. It's all free. It's free. All free.
3: So, um, and just the diversity is really incredible. So if you love any kind of music, you make your way to Telegraph Avenue to People's Park this weekend, and you're going to hear something that's going to move you.
4: Yeah, you pick one, you discover another. And what I like is the faces just keep being ha- happy. And so this is this is what it is and it's pretty amazing and also Ashkenaz is a sponsor. So they have the party Brazilian party starting at 9 at Ashkenaz with cover.
2: And that's on Saturday? Yeah,
4: Saturday so you can keep on rocking.
2: Fantastic. Okay. And one more time the website is
4: The website is berkeleyworldmusic.org okay. or bwmfest.org, the same thing.
2: And yeah, if you just google
3: Berkeley World Music Festival, you will find their beautiful website.
4: And what's nice is to just read about these artists and just Pick an artist, and I know you'll be happy.
2: Thank you so much for being with us today.
4: It's a pleasure.
2: Thank you again, Jana, and congratulations on 16 Ooh. years of world music and community. So, up next, we'll be hearing from some of the artists that will be performing at this year's festival, but first, let's hear some music. <laughs> Welcome back to Full Circle on KBFA 94.1 FM. That was a song Mankutu by Baraka Moon, one of the bands that you can hear this weekend at the Berkeley World Music Festival. There's an incredibly diverse lineup performing at People's Park and at indoor and outdoor venues all along Telegraph Avenue all weekend. And now for the fun part, sitting right here live in studio with us, we have both Stephen Kent and Cornelius Boots. They are both here to speak a bit about their work and, if we're lucky, even play some music.
3: Just to let you know a little bit, Stephen Kent and Cornelius Boots are both world-class multi-instrumentalists and composers. Stephen is a global musical pioneer, bringing the ancient Australian Aboriginal instrument, the didgeridoo, to our modern world. Stephen is also a member of the band you just heard, Barack Moon, where he was playing guitar, not didgeridoo. And one of our very own KPFA DJs, his show, Off the Beaten Path, airs on Monday nights. Um, Let me just say a little about Cornelius. Cornelius Boots is a master of the shakuhachi, the rare, difficult, root-end bamboo flute of Japanese Zen Buddhism. He was a 2018 finalist in the World Shakuhachi Competition. His compositions weave together threads from rock, blues, heavy metal, and the traditional Zen repertoire, Stephen and Cornelius, welcome to you both. Yes, Oh, thank welcome.
2: you. Yeah. So, um, so lucky for us, it looks as though you've brought some instruments with you tonight. What can you tell us about what you have sitting here in front of you, Stephen?
5: Oh, well, I, I've got a didgeridoo with me. This isn't a traditional one. The traditional ones um, are commonly made from a termite-hollowed eucalyptus tree trunk, whereas the one I've got is made from maple and hollowed out by... Not the termites, but by a certain Jeff Law of Portland, Oregon. And it's um, a contemporary didgeridoo. Plays the key of C sharp, which is the vibrational frequency of the universe.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh. Beautiful. Very profound. So, how did you how did you get come to the didgeridoo? How I
5: um, I came to the didgeridoo by moving to Australia in the early 80s uh, to be the music director of Australia's National Contemporary Circus, um, Circus Circus Oz. Oh. Yes, I fell in love with one of the aerialists and the, <laughs> and was invited to join them in in Australia later in that year of it 1981. And uh, the didgeridoo came to me because the group uh, supported Aboriginal land rights and Aboriginal uh, human rights issues, and that was a major platform on which their political, politicized uh, circus show was built. And as music director and a brass player, I was a trained brass player, I came across didgeridoo first at a, uh, in the live context anyway, at a concert by Ian Durie and the Blockheads where an Aboriginal named uh, Joe Gaia opened the show as a solo didgeridoo artist. And I just thought it was phenomenal. Mm. And I never realized what the possibility of the sound of this instrument was. So that led me to bring it into the circus or bring uh, didgeridoo techniques played on Western brass instruments into the circus music. Because I didn't myself like to as an English guy from the other side of the world, coming to Australia, I didn't like to jump in and assume that as a non-Australian, certainly non-Aborigine, that it would be okay for me to just play didgeridoo. Mm. So it took me a while to um, basically go eventually and get permission to play with the didgeridoo and play the didgeridoo Mm -hmm. itself.
3: What was that process like, to get permission?
5: Uh, that was it. Was a process that whereby I went bush, really, with friends who had access to Aboriginal communities, because you couldn't, just again, you couldn't just go and travel into Aboriginal communities in the Northern Territory. And the instrument, the didgeridoo, which has many tribal names, I should say, it's not actually a, an Aboriginal word, didgeridoo. It's more of an onomatopoeic representation of the sound. Um, that I went with my friend Donato Rosella who had access to Aboriginal communities and we went together into those places where first we just simply traveled and were invited into those tribal communities up in Northern Territory and then when I came to the right place with the right elders, I, I asked if it would be what their opinion of me playing this instrument might be and essentially they gave me permission to play on the condition that I do not misrepresent it that I do not attempt to play aboriginal sacred music and that I make sure to tell the story of how I came to it and with respect to its origins and that's what I've uh, tried to do ever since which is you know it will be almost forty years. Forty years. <laughs> so did
3: you say four zero?
5: <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I haven't said Bravo, that before. Bravo. Eighty one. Yes. So it's Bravo. whatever we've got. We're, yes. we're at thirty eight years yes. or thirty seven. And,
3: and to do it in that respectful way with permission of Absolutely. the Aboriginal people. So well,
5: that was vital for yes. me, um, as essentially, you know, the descendant of the colonisers.
3: Exactly. Yes. Well, we're going to pause because we have Cornelius here also. And I Please. know you might actually play together at some point. So, Cornelius, I'm, I'm really curious because I know that you started as a clarinetist and a saxophonist. That's right. And what, what drew you to the shakuhachi, which you've brought today to play?
6: Well, um, it was really just the sound. I heard a recording. I didn't hear it live. And I didn't know what I was hearing when I heard the recording. Um, as a saxophonist in the jazz world you're kind of you're kind of um, like groomed to be what we call a doubler kind of from the beginning so a saxophone player in a, in a big band is expected to play clarinet and flute and, and maybe more than one member of those families so the idea that oh this is some kind of flute maybe I could check out if I could see if I could get one and, and learn it because I was hearing meditation music naively I thought it's it's, it might be a difficult instrument, but it's not that hard of music. That was really naive because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. But um, eventually I did get one. And, you know, unlike Stephen's experience with the aboriginal instrument, there was a tradition already of how to learn this. It's, it's It comes from Zen Buddhism, so the monastic system, and something like classical music learning in, in Japan to also non-Japanese um, players was already somewhat established so my teacher and people of his generation were um, some of the first people in the 70s and 80s to to learn shakuhachi in japan even though they were not japanese Mm -hmm. and learn the traditional zen repertoire which is mostly solo and then there's ensemble pieces as well
3: and would you say it's actually, in some ways, more difficult than any other instrument,
1: or?
6: I I I, I 100% make the claim that it is the most difficult instrument. Yeah. And I, I would rather I would hope that people would call in and like try to take me up on that, <laughs> so I could explain why. Um, mostly yeah. just because of tone production is such a big, a big um, part of it, mm-hmm. and then it's only got five holes. There's no parts at all, let alone moving parts, which is the same with with didgeridoo, But where we have melodic expectations, and so how are we going to get um, the other seven notes of the chromatic scale with only five holes? So it's a lot of breath um, um, cultivation. Yeah. Just saying. So it's, I call it the proto woodwind. At this point, it's sort mm-hmm. of like.
2: <laughs> so you, of course, are a master now, Cornelius. How long would you say it took you to get to this point?
6: Until just like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So we, well, That's I did. It answer. did take. It did take giving up. Um, I did give up the other reed instruments that I, and flutes that I used to play about three or four years ago. I sold everything. I stopped teaching those and stopped playing gigs on those. I still compose for the other wind instruments, but and at that point, um, my little family of shakuhachi flutes sort of really started coming alive. I could play very well, but it wasn't quite that level of ease and comfortability yet until I gave those up.
2: Mm. Wow. So, thank you for sharing your stories with us, both of you. I'm wondering if perhaps we might be able to encourage you to play some music. Oh, since absolutely. We have you here? These are
6: very portable instruments. It's yeah, okay. sure.
3: So, well, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. Well, what
5: would you like to hear one of <gasps> us each of us at a time or
3: Yeah, maybe some of that and then some together. Let's let's see what happens. Yes, yeah? Cornelius, do you want to start? start sure, us?
6: Sure. I'm just going to play um Some kind of like the low tones, something like the style of the Zen music, and then I'll kind of go into my own um, style, kind of an excerpt of that, which actually incorporates circular breathing, which is a a technique that, of course, didgeridoo players basically have to do all the time. Woodwind players don't do it as often as my belief that they could be. Um, It opens up other possibilities of what you can do in conjunction with other players. So, um, yeah, I'll play a couple minutes and then... Stephen will take over, and then we'll play together.
2: Fantastic. Thank you. (laughs)
3: Thank Beautiful. You, that was
2: just gorgeous.
1: Thank
2: you. Okay, so yep. I'm curious, Cornelius, when you're when you're playing a piece like this, are you improving or is it a song that you've learned by reading music, or is it just sort of what, how you're feeling? That's What's a good your question.
6: process? Well, in this situation, it's it's uh, some of all of the above. What I started with were some riffs that are in some of the basic meditation pieces, but I wasn't playing whole phrases just playing some of the riffs basically the way that I compose is like in riffs I mean I think Black Sabbath is the best band that ever existed sorry Led Zeppelin people but um and so that's already the way that I think and you can actually think of the Buddhist pieces that way as well in terms of riffs and little cells of of gestures with breath and notes and then uh the second half was like a a new piece of mine but I kind of edited it for time Um, and so that was sort of composed but no I didn't read it because the score doesn't exist yet but it'll have to someday
3: thank you so Stephen
5: okay well I'm going to play an improvisation um, with this didgeridoo and uh, I'll probably accompany myself on the little shaker that I have with me and I'll just keep it relatively short also I'm going to move my microphone down now so that it may squeak a bit.
2: <laughs> microphone squeaking acceptable for a live didgeridoo playing in studio. Yeah, we're in studio, live.
3: Here comes Stephen Kent.
2: Fantastic. Thank you, Steven. That just hits you in the bones. Thank you. Quite a range on that instrument.
5: Yeah, it's one of the reasons I like it particularly, but um, for me, I hear a whole orchestra in yes. the one note of a didgeridoo, and I, I've cultivated an interest in the instruments that really have that range of possibility within them. A lot of people really feel like the didgeridoo is just one note, And they think of the didgeridoo as something that just goes underneath everything else. But uh, it's a very sophisticated and extraordinary amplifier, really. It's an amplifier of the human body in action.
2: One of the things I was thinking about as you were playing just now is uh, about shamanic practices and possibly trance states or maybe even ultra states of consciousness. I'm wondering if, if you could speak a little bit about how this instrument was used for for the Aboriginals
5: um well it is used as a as a a tool to help channel ceremonial practice and and the ancient traditions of many different Aboriginal cultures into what they term the dream time mm-hmm. um, however, the way I play it is very different if you listen to to different, uh, specifically, traditional ceremonial music or, or traditional music from the Northern Territory of Australia. Most often the didgeridoo player or the yidaki player, as it's known in some regions, or mago player, the yigi-yigi player, They they play songs which are very short. They might be no more than a minute or a minute and a half long, but they, in ceremony, they will repeat them over and over again, and and usually the didgeridoo is used as an accompaniment to dance or song. It's not the lead instrument; it's an accompanying instrument in the context of the tradition. Yes.
3: Yeah. We're wondering if we can entice you to to uh, see what happens when the two of you interact. Are you willing? I,
6: I, I predict there will be
5: vibrations of several <laughs> kinds. <laughs> 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 I think we could be persuaded. Okay. I'm going to take a different instrument, though, for this.
3: Okay. We'll wait on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Squeaky mic, and um, you're going over to the corner to grab. Now, what is this beautifully? It's another. What is this called?
5: Well, this one, this one is a traditionally crafted one. It's a termite hollowed. Uh, eucalyptus tree trunk. Mm. I don't know exactly where this one comes from.
2: Okay. Live radio, folks. Here we are, full circle. Still vibrating from that Wow Can I just say I feel healed I didn't even know I, I needed healing But I really Amen Yeah <laughs> That was Exactly incredible. What was it like
3: For you to? I assume that was a, Just collaborating On the spot What was that like For each of you
5: It was quite lovely Yeah, yeah. A lo- good little Warm up
6: It would yeah. easily go
5: We could have gone For a good I don't know At least half an hour Finding 90 our minutes. way 90 minutes, you
6: think. 90. The live live score to Avengers Endgame, we could go for three hours. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Do you all have uh, plans to perform with each other in the future or is this just something happens spontaneously? Or?
6: We only do it once a year and that was it.
2: Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, we, yeah. we have
5: no plan, but the plan is, you know, the, the path in front of us. We'll see. I'm sure we will. I feel like we will.
3: Well, a little closer to home, when and where can we hear you each performing this weekend?
5: Well, you can hear me with Baraka Moon at the Berkeley World Music Festival at four, between four and six on the People's Park stage, the Amoeba Music stage, and then you can hear me uh, next Wednesday in the back room in Berkeley with my band Transmission.
2: Fantastic!
5: And Baraka Moon will be returning to Ashkenaz on the fourteenth of June, and I could go on.
3: Aha! Uh-huh. Um, and you, Cornelius.
6: Well, on Sunday at 6 p.m., I'll be at Moe's Books. And um, I'm playing mostly solo these days as I've been uh, writing a bunch of solo pieces. But I am going to have some special guests uh, come by. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, I don't know exactly who or what, but it'll be like this.
3: Wonderful. Any other performances coming up for you?
6: Well, in the past, just last weekend... But that's not going to help for the calendar going forward, like we said. (laughs) Um, Well, in October, I'm playing at, uh, actually, the uh, California Jazz Conservatory at the Rendon Hall, which is like a really cool little jazz room. It kind of looks like a stand-up comedy room, but it's a little jazz hall. I'm doing a a show there October 8th.
2: Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Stephen and Cornelius, for being here with us tonight and for sharing your music with us. Uh, We are so grateful to have such amazing musicians as yourselves in studio, and we so look forward to seeing and hearing you both this weekend.
5: Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for being here.
2: So let's not forget, there will be a wide variety of music to be heard this weekend. In addition to Cornelius and Stephen, there will also be many fantastic musicians performing. So in that vein, let's hear some music from some other folks who will be performing over the course of the festival. Anna, what are we going to hear? Well, we're going to hear music from the
3: band La Mixta Criolla, playing Saluda y Pe- Plena on their, from their album Afro Taino. Lovely. All right.
2: Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. You just heard Saluda en Plena by La Mixta Criolla or Mixed Blood. Wow, that will
3: get you moving. Puerto Rican percussionist, composer, educator Hector Lugo founded La Mixta Criolla, an ensemble with deep roots in the Creole culture of Puerto Rico and Latin Caribbean. You can dance in the streets with them this Sunday. From four thirty to six on Telegraph Avenue at Haste in Berkeley, and also want to remind you, if you want to get more information about the Berkeley World Music Festival, you can go to their incredible website that has all kinds of information: BerkeleyWorldMusic.org. BerkeleyWorldMusic.org.
2: Fantastic. Thank you for that, Hana. And I just have to mention real quickly, it was lovely to hear Hector Lugo of Mixa Criolla and also Mamadou as well, the artist of the first song we opened up with on Stephen's show this past Monday. It was great to hear them play live in studio. Such talented folks. We're so blessed to be able to host here in KPFA Studios. So up next, we will be taking our listening ears actually to an altogether different continent with George Lamom. This is Malaga off his album Oriental Occidental. back, folks, and thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. You just heard George Lamam playing Malaga. You can hear George and his ensemble with their wide range of classical and contemporary Arabic music on Saturday at Café Milano on Bancroft from 6 to 8 p.m. Thank you again,
3: everyone, for joining us tonight. We will surely see you at the Berkeley World Music Festival this weekend. We're almost out of time, but before we say goodbye, we'd like to play just a bit more music Here's Hernandez Hideaway with a track from their album Klezmerotica Sweethearts. Welcome back to Full Circle. Folks, on KPFA 94.1 FM, you just heard Hosen Kale Hasselhoff by Hernandez Hideaway. Come on by the Berkeley World Music Festival this weekend, meaning tomorrow, to hear them live. They will be playing their eclectic, eclectic range of klezmer and Balkan music on Saturday from noon to 1.30 at Silver Pizzeria on Telegraph Avenue.
2: And there will be many, many incredible musicians to check out this weekend. There's sure to be something for everybody. And it looks like we have Jana back in studio with us. Shauna, welcome back. Thank you. And thank you again for being here with us to share some information with the people about your baby. Um, so I had heard you mention earlier that there are actually going to be some artists that are not on the bill. Is this true?
4: Yes, yes. Uh, we have a Yodeling Cowboy.
2: Wow, oh,
4: wow. Right, and he's going to be Saturday uh, at Channing and Telegraph. And that's really fun. Uh, oh, we've got Brazilian music at KIPPS. And it's hard to tell, but um, actually the music will surprise you, and it, it surprises me. We're going to have Belly Dance and we're with Elizabeth Strong and... Uh, Balkan music will be accompanied by it, and what's one thing great about the festival is that, is that the it's always tight composition, and so it's pretty exciting no matter what culture. And then you learn about it, and you can talk to the people just mm. like just like you did tonight, and so that's that's always exciting and. And there's so much music in the Bay Area. So this is a door. If you hear some music that you like, ask them. Find out where they're playing. Find Maybe play. learn how to play. You know They're, they're teachers, and they're, it's such a fertile group, fertile area. And this is one thing that the Berkeley World Music Festival does. So I hope you all come down and check out the website. And I'm excited. Yeah,
3: wonderful. We're excited, too. Yeah, so let's just make sure we let people know the details that the festival is free, right? Right. And it takes place uh, tomorrow, Saturday, at People's Park in Berkeley and at various venues in, in the streets of Telegraph Avenue throughout Saturday and Sunday. Right.
4: Just go to the information booth at Telegraph Hayes. We'll have the maps and schedules there. We'll point you in the right direction. And it's it's a great discovery. Hear one, hear all, whatever you can do. It's Mm. a great day. Saturday will be fabulous with the People's Park. The Sikh Heritage um, Symphony will be there. Four teachers will be there for the community music in between acts, showing you classical raga. Mm. Then you go into that music you heard at the beginning with Sukhavad Ali Khan. And it's it's just so diverse and fun, and all the people are part of it, you know, dancing and the smiling faces, because we're part of that community, too. So come on down. Exactly. And you're going
2: to be having some food as well, and possibly a market? Is this Well, true?
4: we have a village market, and so there's ethnic uh, booths there, information booths, and it, it frames the festival beautifully. Mm. Uh, the food is on Telegraph Avenue, so you have to go find those restaurants, but it's pretty easy. Bring it on, you know, bring your own, you know, it's 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 a wonderful park. Spend the day in the park, bring your kids. We've got bubbles and balloons and <laughs> and kids activities and that's that's fun too so it's it's something for us and and meet the musicians and this is Berkeley
3: well thank you Jonna for just all the years of work you've pulled in, into this we have a, one a big thank you to you
4: it's a pleasure
3: and to, and to Cornelius Boots and Stephen Kent for sharing stories with us tonight music
2: incredible music and we can't wait to celebrate with you this weekend we'll see you there okay 16th annual Berkeley World Music Festival congratulations Berkeleyleyworld
4: music.org You're welcome.
2: All right. Well, thank you, everyone. It looks like we may have time for one more song. Let's go ahead and play it. This is Mamadou Bay again with Kele Mani. us to the end of tonight's show this has been full circle your weekly cultural affairs radio magazine we're on every friday at 7 pm tune in next week for a conversation around community film
3: all of our shows can be found at kpfaapprentice.org along with links to everything we have discussed here on tonight's show our executive producer is miss m our technical director is frank sterling Joy Moore is our production consultant. We have been your hosts this evening, Hannah Wilson, along with... Kenny C. A big thanks to Free Will and Franklin on the board. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. And to our tech assist, Theodora. Stay tuned. La Onda Baita is next.